Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning and welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. U.S. Treasury Secretary General Yellen has become the second U.S. cabinet member to visit China in a month, setting the stage for more frequent communication, even as the two nations remain at odds on many issues. This comes just after China placed restrictions on the export of two critical metals, gallium and germanium, used in computer chips. Many are still skeptical about how warm the deep chill between the two superpowers can get, even after Ms. Yellen's trip, as the US did not offer any new policies, and nor did China. For a deeper analysis, we're joined by Kevin Madden, senior partner at uh, consultancy Pentagroup. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Oh, thank you, Lynn. Great to be with you. Now, Ms. Yellen has held talks totaling 10 hours with four of China's top economic policymakers, particularly her counterpart, Mr. Hurley Fung, the vice premier. It seems that she had toned down Washington's rhetoric of decoupling during those meetings. But what really were the key takeaways and how successful would you assess her trip to be? Well, Lindley, I think the most important point you make is the is the goal here was to really lower the temperature mm-hmm. between the two company between the two uh, countries. Um, definitely, the rhetoric had seemed to be escalating over the past few weeks and months, and the temperature was getting very hot when it came to diplomatic relations. And so, the goal the goal here, I think, was clearly to set the bar low mm-hmm. and make sure that uh, Secretary Yellen passed that bar by being as solicitous and as agreeable as possible, uh, just to make sure that a dialogue uh, remains open between the two countries and that any dialogue uh, that continues between uh, leadership emissaries and the two countries overall is towards some uh, solutions. So I think it was very successful meeting and a very successful level of outreach for simply for the fact because of the willingness of both parties to engage and any demonstration of tapering hostility between the two countries has to be seen as a good sign. So do you think uh, her latest trip actually establishes maybe a new normal for the U.S.-China relationship? Perhaps more talks, more high-level talks to come? We're probably a long way away from a new normal. <laughs> but certainly what we're seeing now is a new level of cadence or a more steady cadence, I should say, of communication between the two countries. And so I think that is going to foster uh, relationships across the board, not only by Secretary Yellen and her counterparts, but other deputies that will continue these conversations and possibly start to build a framework for a sort of new a new normal in the future that uh, has the countries less at odds with each other and sort of a higher level of recognition of the, the interdependence that we have with both economies. Kevin, we know that Ms. Yellen has used a new D word for supply chains, it's diversify. She repeatedly sought to allay China's concerns that the U.S. is looking to decouple and even avoided mentioning de-risking, a more neutral term that the <laughs> European Commission used. But is that any different in your opinion? Well, it's a game of semantics, but it is an important one, I think, in the sense that it underscores that, you know, in the United States, tough talk about decoupling. Um, it has a political audience here, um, but decoupling is not a real strategy when we look at the substance of the relationship. And it's not a productive approach 
from the U.S. to, to China. And so I think Secretary Yellen and others, they really do have to seek and address some level of balance when it comes to the rhetoric of advocating the most effective economic posture with China. So again, I see this as a very reflective of the importance of keeping dialogue open and a step that is in a positive direction towards keeping these levels of communication open with China. We're talking about um, how China views diverse supply chains as well. You've been an observer on U.S.-China relations. What do you think of that, China's views? Well, um, yeah, I think from a U.S. viewpoint, I think one of the big drivers of the conversation and one of the big drivers, I think if we're looking at what's going to serve as a fulcrum, for um, you know, productive debates in the future, it has to be about trade and opening trade and also the level of economic interdependence there is between the two countries. I mean, we can't have 60 years of sort of working towards having uh, our economies interconnected and now think that you can decouple them and that there won't be negative impacts for not only China, but negative impacts on the U.S. and the U.S. economy. So, you know, the business community in the United States has an interest, I think, in making sure that we have open markets in China, and China has the same here. So I think we'll continue to see a dialogue fostered Mm -hmm. with a goal towards both countries trying to realize a level of, of, of economic vitality um, and they both recognizing that they have very important roles to play and leadership roles in each of their each of their spheres of influence around the globe, and that um, a constant dialogue between the two has to be uh, maintained and can be productive for both countries. So, apart from computer chips in the manufacturing sector, talk us through some of the other sectors that might see major implications from the back and forth trade restrictions placed by both China and the U.S. Well, the manufacturing sector, you're right, is very important. And, you know, oftentimes when we look at manufacturing, it goes beyond just, you know, nuts and bolts. Uh, things like uh, technology, uh, they have a big role to play in seeing um, the, techno- in the manufacturing sector and manufacturing supply chains mm. make sure that they are working at a very high level, that they're operating in a way that sort of benefits um, the U.S. economy's growth, but also um uh, sees the uh, growth amongst all of our other economic partners around the Asia Pacific. Um, and then also the textile uh, industry. I mean, mm. that's a really important part of our economy. I think when Americans look and the U.S. audiences look for lower prices on everything across the textile sector, a really, a really productive relationship with China is important. And having the policy on trade reflected in those conversations, positively reflected in those conversations is important as well. So, Kevin, the trade war is clearly not a new thing. Where exactly would you view a middle ground to look like? And can there really be a middle ground without further freezing of ties on both parties? Well, um, I think it remains to be seen. I, 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 I think um, in the U.S., we, we tend to take more of an optimistic view on trade. Um, that's what's at the heart of our trade policy is that given the opportunity to compete uh, at a level, the level playing field around the globe that the U.S. economy can um, can grow. And that it doesn't have to be um, a zero-sum game, that if we're growing our economy, that other countries, even those that are competing in the Asia-Pacific, uh, that they can continue to grow as well. I think we just have to focus on the mutual benefits of better, more productive trade policy. 
And that is an important part of, of having a stable relationship with China. It's also an important part to guaranteeing stability um, around the globe, and particularly uh, in the Asia Pacific. So I think that is really what's going to drive progress here is this understanding on the U.S. side that we need to have open markets in the Asia in order to do well with our economy. And that ultimately that we have an ability to sort of export some American views and American prosperity and that those type of exports can benefit not only audiences here at home, but around the globe. All right, Kevin, always good to hear from you. Thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you, Lindley. And that's Kevin Madden, Senior Partner of Penta Group. This is Morning Shot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.